this meeting is being recorded. So uh, <laughs> welcome back, everyone, or welcome to, if this is your first time listening, to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawarder. We are uh, back on Zoom today because we are uh, doing a, a podcast uh, all the way to Florida with uh, Coach Jason Lockhead, the Ginger Ninja. <laughs> How we doing, Coach? Yeah, pretty good, eh? Pretty good surviving out here. Yeah, you, uh, morale's pretty high for everyone today because uh, Jay just got back from Disney Springs uh, with the kiddo. <laughs> Tri's got a big day moving into the new crib. Uh, so big day for all involved. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I finally made it. I finally made it to Hermosa Beach. I went to Manhattan, <laughs> Redondo, and I finally made it to where I wanted to be. Just working around low circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you have to wait for 16th Street to become the training center. So now you just have like a, a <laughs> scroll there now. <laughs> exactly. I'm stoked on that. It's actually kind of, it's kind of cold here today. I mean, not cold, maybe like what, 68, 70 this morning, but uh, Lockhead, you, you got a little. Yeah, I feel like you're rubbing it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, How's it feeling yeah. out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, we went to Disney, took the kid to Disney Spring on the day off today. And I think it was like 95 and humidity like crazy so uh but it was fun it was fun to get out and show her around and get her to see all that stuff and kind of ooh, amazed by all this disney stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it uh it is convenient that it is as warm as it is there because uh you guys are training for tokyo where it's they're not yeah. gonna put on the ac for you on those courts <laughs> yeah exactly it was actually uh yeah we we're looking at it the other day and it's almost identical uh, humidity and heat so it's pretty perfect that's perfect. Yeah. And when do um, when does everyone show up? I know that um, all the U.S. teams are going out to Florida and a few international teams. Tell us a little bit about that uh, training camp. Yeah. Yeah. So actually the last uh, week and a half, we've actually had Qatar out here and the two Polish teams, uh, Brill and Fifi and Kento Loziak. Um, so it's been awesome training so far with those guys. Like, I mean, just awesome teams. So like Qatar is, you never get a free ball down on those guys that's ridiculous even in training they're just hustling so hard i'm like man how can you do this in this heat um but now uh it's been awesome and then tomorrow jake and taylor turn up and so we'll have uh, all five teams for the week and then also the girls come as well and they're gonna be training out here a bit of like a heat humidity training camp for usa which is gonna right. be awesome are there any international women's teams coming in or is it just the u.s just the u.s but i think uh I think they might be bringing like a guys team out for them to train against as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then on Thursday night, we're actually going to do like a exhibition match out here at Boxy Park, which will be pretty cool. Oh, nice. So we're, we'll play against Jake and Taylor and the girls will play against each other. So oh, that'll be fun. Should be pretty fun, yeah. Yeah. And you guys had a, a miniature version of this before uh, this season started, right? You had uh, Nikolai and Lupo out there. They were kind of stuck there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was uh yeah um was that uh before Qatar this year or was that uh that yeah, was before that was before COVID hit yeah yeah before COVID hit before we went to Qatar Nikolai and Lupo came out and then like COVID was kind of going happening and just kind of starting up and they were like they couldn't go back to Italy and all that stuff so it was like they kind of stayed a little bit longer out here and we did like exhibition match and then went to Qatar and then it all, all COVID hit and fell to pieces on everything. But yeah, yeah. but we, we had um, Qatar out here before Mexico and had a training camp with them, which was awesome. They loved it. So they were like, we want to do it again. 
which is perfect yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah, I remember talking to uh, Sharif in uh, Sochi, and he was like, training in the U.S., it's, it's amazing. He's like, you have all these <laughs> teams up there. So, and and he just got like a, a little sampling. And now it's really cool, like we as we were talking uh, before we went on the record, uh, that like this is like Phil's dream. He's been trying to make this like four training center, and he yeah. has it like some of the best teams <laughs> in the world coming to his spot in Boxy Park. It's pretty cool to like see that Phil kind of like he's big on manifesting things and he sort yeah, of yeah. It. <laughs> he made it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it kind of worked out perfect. I think it's like uh, pretty cool for the USA to be able to have, you know, they got LA, that kind of weather, those beaches. And then you have like something over here on the East Coast. And I feel like to have a hub out here would be pretty awesome for teams to be able to meet European teams here, which is obviously a bit easier for them to travel. Yeah, you know, it could be a stopping spot on the way to Europe. Uh, heaps of options. It's yeah. cheaper. Poor, poor Europeans. Good... We don't want we don't want the <laughs> Europeans to have to travel too far. <laughs> we'll we'll I know leave our term. house to come halfway to you guys. You know, to come all the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're jumping around the whole globe and coming over to their place all year long. Yeah. Dude, uh, the toughest parts being in Bulgaria. <laughs> I was, uh, we were playing this uh, English team uh, in the first round of the quali, and uh, they were asking just like how long our travel was. I was like, oh, it was like 13 hours. It wasn't, wasn't terrible. It was a direct flight. And they're yeah. like, oh, how about yours? They're like, it was like 33 bucks in an hour and a half. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Man, I, I remember when I was playing on the tour, like New Zealand so far away i mean we would leave and we'd stay gone for seven months just living out of our bag seven That's months just traveling around say. yeah you probably there's probably no country that has it worse than new zealand and that was you. yeah yeah <laughs> it was pretty tough <laughs> it was just too too far to go back and then come back yeah. out so yeah just stayed out there played little national tours in between and, mm. but i mean it was pretty kind of nice uh the world tour back then like i remember one year i think we played 28 world tour events in the year yeah so it, it kind of worked out well you know that was right. like the the most we played in one year but it was pretty good having that many tournaments to play yeah that's a loaded schedule yeah <laughs> and then imagine imagine the usa teams they were playing a bunch of those and going back to avps and yeah so they must have been up playing like close to 35 dang you know, a lot of tournaments yeah, yeah. But what, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned i mean you you represented new zealand as, as a player and yeah. I haven't played, I've heard great things about the New Zealand tour. Um, that is basically Adam Roberts is like, that is a must play half the champ. That was like, tries. That was like your first beach professional experience. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was actually. Yeah. Uh, Will Montgomery. Yep. Um, yeah, <laughs> what year was that? It was 2012, I think. 2012. Oh yeah. 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 Cause I was playing, um, in Puerto Rico and then, uh, I just took the sec cause it's a short indoor season. So I took the second half of the year and went with Will. Yeah. He, he pitched it as like half a surf trip and then we could also play in, <laughs> yeah. in, in Zealand too. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm on it. Perfect. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Did you get uh, some good surfing out there? Yeah. We got some good surfing. We went out to Raglan and then nice. surfed, um, Manganui or a few yeah. other spots, but Man, that was yeah. that was that was good times out there. It kind of reminded me of Hawaii, different yeah. in a lot of ways, but a similar culture. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm wondering what, uh, like, what's the beach volleyball culture out there like? Because, um, I mean, we were kind of talking about the Continental Cup earlier, where, you, yeah. have, you know, there's two pretty solid teams in New Zealand. But, you know, you look at, the, you know, the Dutchies, and they're just, like, getting so deep, and Brazil's getting so yeah. deep. And, like, how big is, is beach volleyball in New Zealand? And how did you kind of get into it? I mean, you've made, it's been your living for a pretty yeah. long time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... In New Zealand, like uh, obviously you have those sports like rugby that dominate, so that's where all the guys go a lot. Um, and then on the women's side, I guess it's like kind of netball. But um, actually, in like high school, um, indoor volleyball is one of the most played sports in New Zealand. So they do get a lot of kids in there playing. Um, and then it's just that kind of transition to beach, which is really tough. There's not really like we don't have sports in university and, and stuff like that. So kind of once you finish high school, it's kind of like up to you what you do and like do you join a club or those kind of options so definitely makes it tough so I think that jump from high school to like top level beach is is really hard um, so that's kind of I guess the gap that New Zealand's missing at the moment to give like some depth but then obviously you get those out of those numbers from high school you have some that just absolutely love it and you know want to do it so bad so they kind of get out there on their own and train and do all that stuff um, for me it was kind of like indoor with started with me because my sister and my brother both, both played and then they both played a bit of beach. So I was like, you know, I got into it and just fell in love with it. Yeah. But I was, I was pretty lucky when I was coming up, uh, New Zealand tour was probably at its best. Okay. So we would, every year we'd get uh, probably two, two teams out of the top five in the world. Like we had the Alaska brothers out there. We had Brink out there. Um, you know, a bunch of really good teams. And so they would come and play on our national tour. And like as a young kid, 15, 16, I could go play against these guys. And it was like, kind of get a taste of it, which was like, just amazing. And then it kind of just like built from there, like, oh, I'm actually getting close to these guys. Or maybe yeah. I took a seat off them, like, okay, yeah. maybe, I could, maybe I could compete out there. Maybe I could do this. Yeah. It's so amazing think, uh, how, oh, sorry. There you go. Well, I was just going to say, it's amazing how, at a young age, when you have little experiences like that, where you get to measure yourself against the top people, it can like set you on this track to like, just go all the way, you know, like, yeah. I feel like I had a few experiences, like I played a lot, but it's when the top players came back and played against me and I was like, oh, I can hang with these guys. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. It was like, just having that experience was like such a big booster in terms of like, confidence and going to the next level and the next level um so i think about that nowadays like that it's important to go back and and play in a few tournaments against these young guys and at least for me like going back to outrigger and in hawaii and getting reps yeah. against the young guys like that's super important to give yeah. back taylor was mentioning that too last last week yeah that's awesome yeah definitely yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone has that kind of experience at some point where they got to, they got that opportunity and maybe they lost, but they were like tied at, at 16 and they're like, Whoa, like I'm tied at 16 with this guy or whatever. Yeah. And, and that like gave them the boost to like keep going with it or something like that. Well, it's funny. Uh, I remember probably my first moment having that. So Craig Susu, who, coached us yep. on the world tour for a little bit he was an awesome player on the world tour and i met him yeah when, yeah when he was at his height um on the world tour and he came back and played on the new zealand tour i think i was 
maybe 15 or 14 and it was uh, service point scoring and we lost uh, this was one set to 15 and we lost uh, 15-3 and I was like I suck I'm terrible <laughs> this is right here 15-3 I got smoked <laughs> and then uh, the next match he bet the New Zealand number two team 15-0 uh, and I was like ooh Hey, I got three points. I'm like, I'm right here. <laughs> Maybe I get it. It's all about yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what, you know, I mean, did you always know that you wanted to be a professional player coming out? Or was that just kind of something that you just kind of walked into? Because I feel like that's how it goes with beach players sometimes. They're like, yeah. oh, well, you know, I'll play this. And then they kind of have this moment where they're like, oh, I should just play professionally. <laughs> and I don't know if you, if you were like really wanted to be a professional player uh, and that was like a big goal of yours or you were kind of yeah. going a couple different directions. You're like, oh, this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, I think from like what Travis said in those early stages when I kind of realized that I could do it and I was like, I know I can get better. I know I can. And, and I was still super young. So I was like, hopefully I'll grow. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if that happened. Um, and so, yeah, I think, Super early on, I remember telling my mum that I wanted to be a professional beach volleyball player and, and go all the way. But um, it was actually kind of crazy for me. I actually, after high school, I was, you know, obviously starting to look at getting jobs and getting into the real world. And then uh, I remember working for this uh, electrical company and they said to me, oh, you know, we want to take you on full time and, you know, get you like fully certified and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, nah. I, I got to give this a go. I got to, you know, I got to do this. So I think like I, I knew young on that I really wanted to do it. And, and I was like, I have to give it a true go. And then I, I got lucky enough uh, when I was like 19, Kirk Pittman was like already the top New Zealand team. He had already gone on the world tour a couple of years and, and he was like, Hey, you want to give this a go? Like us team up. So, and then I was like, this, this is my opportunity. I yeah. Got to make this work train super hard. And, and take advantage of it yeah. yeah that's a cool opportunity big promotion out of like right out of the gate yeah well i mean uh, i did finish second on the new zealand tour uh so i, I had kind of I had, I had proven myself but yeah huge opportunity from a, a guy that's already been on the world tour a couple of years and now i was super young i think he was four years older than me so still pretty young as well Especially to American standards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah, barely turned 20 when I went out on the world tour my first year. Yeah. And uh, how, how was that? Because that's, I mean, for you, you you have this decision, right? You have the, the stability, yeah. full-time job, and then you go out on the world tour. Where, where, I mean, we're all basically just, just gambling on our yeah. teams, right? There's no problem. Yeah. I mean, what was that? like just getting out there 20 is by american standards like you said super young to take yeah. a leap as a beach volleyball player yeah um <laughs> I, I mean it was pretty scary i mean uh we i'd kind of like from working saved up as much money as i could um and yeah when me and kirk talked about it we we're like hey let's just you know we have all this money saved up i think we had like eight grand each or something new zealand which i think is like what five five grand us <laughs> so not that much and we're like let's just let's just go out there and see what happens trained up super hard um and yeah we went to our first world tour event was in china and uh it was actually kind of kind of funny we played uh angola was our first game because uh, they had a decent amount of points so and i mean they weren't the strongest team 
Um, so we got kind of lucky in that first one and we were playing and we were playing terrible. We were losing the first set and I remember Canada was going to be our next match in the qualifier, which was Van Heusen and uh, Conrad. Conrad had already been uh, played in the Olympics before that. So really good team. And I guess afterwards they told us about this when we became friends that they were watching the game and they were like, both these teams are terrible and they just walked off and left. <laughs> and uh, we kind of like found our stride and kind of started playing our normal game and we ended up beating Angola pretty easy. And then we turned up against them. And I guess they kind of went in with that mindset of like, oh, this will be an easy game. And we yep. kind of just came out and just balled it up and took them down and nice. then made it into the main draw first time. So that was like, that was huge. And uh, they kind of like gave us a little bit more money. So it kept us going. And I think... Uh, I think we played in maybe like 12 or 13 tournaments that first year. And I think we qualified four or five times. And it was kind of like we made back just about the same amount of money that we put in. So I was like, okay, we broke even first year. That's all right. Let's, <laughs> let's save up again. Yeah. <laughs> save up and do this again. Yeah. And just keep kind of building from there. Oh. I feel like that's, that's a win on the world tour when your first year traveling, you break even. You're like, Phew. yeah. I'm not 10 grand yeah. in credit card debt. That is a win. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. We actually had, uh, man, it sucks they got rid of us. Luis, there used to be an awesome deal out of New Zealand where you buy a round-the-world ticket. Um, and so you, you got to choose. You either go uh, to Africa, Europe, and then America, America and back home, or you could go vice versa the other way. And then you had 20 flights that you could use inside of all those stops. So you had to go one way around and then choose how many flights you want to use. So it was, I think it was, uh, the price was not bad too. It was something like four grand for the That's whole thing. Bad. Yeah. And then you could change your flights uh, for free. Like that. it was awesome. We had that for the first like three years traveling and it was unbelievable. And then I think they realized it was too good of a deal. We got to bring that back. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot has changed uh, in both. For sure, for airlines, every year I yeah. feel like it gets way harder to get status. Every time you're like, "Oh, I made it!" Like that, you know, I got that sweet thing. They're like, "We have it next year. You got to do this to get it." It's like, yeah, god damn oh, it, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And the the rules, like, uh, I mean, the restrictions and everything. I remember we were in Spain one year. We we're flying, traveling with the Canadian girls, and one of them uh, lost their passport. And just kind of explained, hey, I lost my passport, but it's getting shipped to our next destination in France. And they're like, okay, and they're on the plane. It's like, there's no way that would happen now. No, no way. No <laughs> way. Fly without a passport? You're crazy. <laughs> how, uh, how would, when you look back, because I've talked to like um, Phil and Nick or, and a lot of the older guys about this, like, how do you compare the world tour? when you first got on tour to how it is now? Cause it's a lot different even since I came on tour in like 2013. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I oh mean, yeah, the world, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, Cause I felt like the prize money, like the prize money wasn't massive at the top, but it was, it was, it was probably better than it is now, but it was also spread out deeper down. So I think mm. like, uh, Back then, you you know, you made the main draw getting a 25th. I think you got like two grand. Right. And now you get a 25th, I think, what, you get like 600? Something like that. Yeah. Four-star, right. <laughs> four which was equivalent to an open back then. Yeah. So I think that 
is the big one of the biggest differences, the hardest things, because like those teams that aren't, you know, making semifinals, fifths, you know, consistently, you're you're gonna take bad ones, and then you take a bad one, you take a huge hit on your bank yeah. account now, which is crazy. Um, the other thing was back then, it used to be once you made the main draw, you had the hotel room for the whole week. So like, especially for us, like where we were stuck out there for seven months to have that, <laughs> to make the main draw and have that was like, oh my God, this is massive. It's <laughs> yeah, huge yeah. for us. You know, <laughs> Europeans, they can just fly home. So it was like, that was uh, pretty huge. Um, and then I feel like uh, back then it was a lot more, Kind of like, uh, I don't know, I guess maybe what it used to be on the AVP and I remember what it was like on the New Zealand tour where it was like everyone was a lot closer, a lot more mm. close-knit and we would like play a tournament and then we'd all go out and have some drinks together and then, right. you know, we'd all get ready for the next tournament where I feel like now it's very, uh, you are in your team and you stay in your team. You don't do anything on else. If you right. party, then you look like you're not doing it right. Um yeah, I think those are probably like the the big differences yeah. I see. Yeah, I agree. What about the the depth of the players since you first got on? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was actually talking to someone about this. Like, uh, my first reaction is saying the depth back then wasn't as good as it is now. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of like, but also back then the qualifier was open, you know. So like you'd have sometimes 70, 80 teams in the qualifier. Woo. So so it'd feel like. Uh, you know, the depth wasn't there because I remember sometimes playing the qualifier, we'd play four games in one day to make it. And the first two right. games were pretty easy. You know, you kind of cruise through. And then the last two were really tough. Where now it's like, yeah, you know, it's cut off. So maybe it feels like the depth is stronger. But I think I think the size has got bigger. Like I remember uh, Jake, when he first came out, I think he was one of the biggest blockers on tour. And now he's probably like mid-size. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. I think the size has definitely got a lot bigger. Yeah, for sure. I feel like when I first came out, there was like you wanted to be a top seed because you felt like you'd get a pretty good draw in the first round, you know, in in pool play. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like it doesn't matter what your seeding is. Like there's no good, there's no good pools usually nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that that's how you feel too, but. I think I remember like really looking at the seeding before and now I'm just like, I don't, I could care less. <laughs> as long as I'm in the main draw, like my seed isn't really yeah. going to change much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, it is like definitely the main draw is ridiculous now. Yeah. 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 yeah it's crazy. The thing right. I, uh, <laughs> I liked uh, back then was the double elimination. Like it was like your seed, you know, you knew who you were going to like be matching up with, especially for the next round all the way through the whole tournament where I, I really don't like the whole pool play pulled out of a hat. Yeah. Kind of like, I really hate that. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that it was um, double limb. When did that stop? Yeah. I think that was uh, maybe around 2008. Um, they they kind of went from double limb for all the tournaments and then they made it only the uh, grand slams, which are mm. like five stars now became pool play. And then it was like a, a year or two of that. And then they were like, okay, everything's cool play now. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah. So it wasn't Grand Slams and Opens before 2009? Uh, um, it was double them. Yeah. What, so, was it not called um, Grand Slams and Opens at yeah. that time? Or, or it was? Yeah, yeah. I was just saying equivalent to the five-star, got four-star now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was all Grand Slams and Opens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
I was so spoiled when I first came out. I, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea how good I had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had I, I had Hayden. He had points already, and he was yeah. already experienced. And I was yeah. and I was playing in like what we had like like eight nine grand slams, and then we had the two million dollar ones yeah. within those two years. I was like, yeah. That I had no idea good. how good I had it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was crazy how many Grand Slams they had. It was awesome. I remember even sometimes they had back-to-back Grand Slams and it was like, it was crazy. And yeah. Red Bull, um, but like what? Like three or four of them were uh, major series. So like, yeah, that's when the major series came on a little bit after, yeah. Yeah, just a great, yeah. great event with the, the VIP yeah. lounges and all that were just epic. Yeah, Klagenfurt started it. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad I got a few Klagenfurts in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Klagenfurt was the best. Yeah. For sure. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at Wilson Volleyball. You guys know the drill. The AVP plays with Wilson Volleyballs. So you know why? Because it is the absolute best volleyball in the game. The college game plays with Wilson. Even the German tour is playing with Wilson Volleyball. Wilson is taking over the world, beginning on the Castaway Island with Tom Hanks, and they're not stopping until they get the whole beach volleyball world. So do your part and use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to play with the best beach volleyballs in the world. All right, that is SANDCAST-20. It's almost summer again. Time to get your refill of volleyballs. So use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off of all Wilson volleyballs. And now, back to the show. Well, you've seen, you've seen the game go through quite, quite a few phases. And, I mean, you're still yeah. pretty young yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you were, like, I think one of, the, one of the weirder transitions for players to make in any sport is what do you do after you play? And yeah. What was your transition like from playing <laughs> – coaching and then yeah. what, was it three years ago you came out and uh when nick was hurt and you ended up taking what a fifth in hermosa <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah um man, my it was pretty crazy actually um i remember my mom always saying that i'd be a great coach but i was always like nah i don't want to be a coach i'm a player i'm playing yeah i'm yeah. <laughs> not even thinking about coaching yeah um and then uh yeah me and kirk i mean we we almost made the Olympics in 2008 and then super close in 2012. And we had been playing together for like 10 years. And it was kind of like, okay, we actually weren't deciding that we were going to be done playing. We were more like, Hey, we just need a break. We need a break from each other. And we were actually going to play with the O'Days each. Okay. Uh. I, was, I was going to play with Sam. He was going to play with Ben. And then they changed the um, qualifier to that um, cutoff. So it wasn't open anymore. And we were like, Oh man, like we're going to get, drop way down like do we really want to do this so Kirk was like nah I'm done and then I was like man do I want to do this and I was like man I'll take a year off I'm going to take a year off playing and uh <laughs> and this was pretty crazy but I was like I was super into golf um and I was I was I was not bad like scratch golfer and so I was like I'm going to try and go golf I'm going to give golf go oh I love so, it <laughs> so I like uh I was living in uh in LA and I started training full-time golf, started playing in all these tournaments. Um, and I was doing pretty good, like doing okay, like little local tournaments where 20, 30 guys would turn up and chuck money in. You know, I was, I was always finishing like top five and won a couple. And then, uh, yeah, I went to Nevada Championship um, and I was actually tied for second place there in the second no round. Way. 
<laughs> yeah, and then I was uh, eight under, and I had a terrible hole. I had a eight on a par four, which threw me way back. And then uh, I think I shot one under on the final round, and I finished thirtieth. But the crazy thing was, so like I was, I was going all right, but just the cost. The cost yeah. of doing it all was mm -hmm. just so crazy. So like even that tournament cost me seven hundred and fifty dollars to enter it, and I finished thirtieth and won seven hundred and fifty. So I was like, "This is I need to make some money because I'm drying drying up pretty quick." So I started yeah. to do a little bit like private lesson coaching, that kind of stuff. Was bringing in a little bit, and then uh, Hayden Jones. Uh, I was actually doing some coaching for him out at his club, and uh, he got a message from country Vanuatu and they were like they need a coach to help them on the world tour and I was like well I need to make some money I could go out there for a few months and make a little bit of coin and then and that's kind of where it started like it was totally not even like planned or that I wanted to become a coach and so I, I kind of took them on and I mean it had a blast and, and they obviously did really good and we they got better and better and yeah when I was out there uh, my first year like halfway through the year Germany uh, Misha and uh, Bockerman they were like, hey, we, we need a coach for one tournament. Do you think you could help us? So I asked Vanuatu, and they're like, yeah, it's fine. So I helped them, and I, I think they got a ninth in Castard. Uh, it was in Castard. And that's when Ben Saxon and Kane Schalk were like, you're coaching guys as well? And I was like, well, I mean, if <laughs> someone wants me, I'm here. <laughs> and so then uh, they were like, yeah, we want you to coach us in the next tournament. And, uh, and then that kind of, like, grew from there. So that's kind of how – and then it kind of obviously went on from that. So it was – yeah pretty crazy <laughs> and then I ran out of time for golf and I kind of fell in love with coaching and it was I was earning money so I was like okay I, I keep saying I'll come back to the golf at some point and maybe I will we'll see maybe maybe the champions tour when you're 50 plus I can never yeah. ever get good enough again but I haven't played golf <laughs> hardly much so my, my game's terrible right now <laughs> did you talk about an unplanned route Vanuatu of all places I don't think yeah. I would have predicted that one <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah that was uh i remember the first time training with them they flew me out there and uh yeah it was my first time in vanuatu and obviously you know third world country and yeah it was it was pretty pretty crazy but i mean the girls are awesome so much fun and i even worked with a little bit of the guys out there and they were super happy fun people and had a blast though and then yeah they just got better and better and better and i mean they yeah. had some awesome results they got a fourth and an open was their best one. Jeez. So close to making Olympics. They yeah, finished 17th, top 16 making it. In. Oh. oh. Yeah. And then yeah, I, that's crazy how well they, that you helped them do on the world tour. I think nobody had any expectation not hearing of Vanuatu. And yeah. then uh, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, getting top fives and almost making the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They probably should have been in the Olympics, but yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know if I should tell that story. I'll leave that story. Right. <laughs> I have I have plenty of those stories too. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of <laughs> minor, more country quota related. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Top 16 is not the problem. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, man. That's tough. No, no the uh, the reality is everyone has like every country has their own path you know and like challenges yeah. and each team has their own little challenges that they all go through um and it's kind of wild because you don't really hear each team's specific story you know you can be complaining about your situation and then you hear someone else like oh that happened to you they're yeah. like 
you know, you had that misfortune or some people had got lucky there. And yeah, uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy uh, path. Yeah. yeah. It's the wild. And then you have like continental cups, which are they all done right now? No, I think, I think the Asian, yeah. Asian and Oseka are still going. Norseco yeah. finals are happening today at uh, 1 p.m. our time. So it's Canada versus Mexico. Um, and then, so the European one finished yesterday, but I was telling me and Jason, we're, we're talking before that. So every federation treats their Olympic spot different. So Canada, if they win, we'll have a playoff uh, on Monday uh, between oh. the two teams. And so, but Switzerland, so the guys won um and they just gave it to their the team with the most points so hydrich and gerson are going for switzerland but the dutch women won and they're having a playoff right now between their two teams uh to see and winner goes so one match <laughs> to decide who's going to the olympics it's so different for every country it's insane yeah, yeah. i was talking to ben um, Saxton, because he Canada won the Continental Cup in 2012, and he was playing with Christian Redmond, and he was playing, uh, and they, he had to play Martin Reeder and Josh Binstock for their spot. Yeah. And he said that he was like, I've played in World Championships, I've played for gold medals, I've played in the Olympics. He's like, there is no match with that kind of that I felt that kind of pressure as that yeah. was decide who's going to the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not like, yeah, totally. Uh, I think it's it's pretty tough. Uh, two teams playing for one spot. That's a tough format. Yeah, you know? and like Delaney, because me and Delaney were watching the Switzerland uh, Continental Cup, and she was like, "Well, what if the twos team just doesn't like the ones team?" She's like, "They could yeah. and like if if uh, Kratiger and Breer are just like we don't really like Gerson and Hydrich, so we're just gonna tank." And yeah. lose. like, is there any? Yeah. So there might have to be some kind of incentive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. The guys yeah. know that they can't get the Olympic spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give you half my sponsorship money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's great. Make sure you stay friends with them. I know. <laughs> but the, the Continental Cup, though, it's it was fun to watch because it was so tense. Like, I mean, there there was just so much on the line. And it was cool that uh, The Hague was sold out. It had a full stadium. Um, and it was cool because the, the Netherlands were in both the guys and the women's finals. So the crowd was going nuts because everyone in the yeah. crowd knew what was on the line. And yeah. so, I mean, it was, it was kind of like, it wasn't all that different from watching like the world championships when The Hague hosted. Like they were going insane. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, and Jay, uh, you... You were at the last Olympics with Canada, right? With uh, Saxton and Schalk, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I couldn't really remember. Um, how's that experience? Just going as an yeah. Olympian? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. We had, uh, yeah, we had an awesome run. I mean, those guys, I think they won like five medals in their Olympic qualifying process. Um, but they qualified pretty high, huh? Not really, actually. Like, I mean, they were pretty high, but not quite crazy high. Um, okay, yeah. I think they might have been maybe like eleventh around there. Yeah, I've been trying worse. to pull up. I've been trying to pull up the the twenty sixteen qualification because yeah. I was just curious of like where we were 
me and Hayden were versus where me and Trevor were on this list. Yeah. I think it was similar. Do you remember that, Travis? The Well, I know that you and Hayden, it, it's hard to find like the Olympic rankings, but I remember if you yeah. go back to just like the final world tour rankings, you and Johnny are like three. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. On that last year. Know, yeah. That's like, like entry tech points. It's basically just a key. Yeah. That's why yeah. we got to the, the world tour finals after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a little scary. Yeah. I, I do want to yeah, find that list though. Yeah. I found so, I, I found the list at one point, but it didn't have us on it. So <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, I, we had been taken out of it. So I was like, oh I, yeah. I really can't figure out what our ranking was last time. Yeah. I want to say like 14 or something. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah. You're you're probably better at it than me. I do remember though in that the very last tournament for that 2012, like there was still a chance that teams could pass Ben and Kane. Like it wasn't. Oh, okay. and, yeah. I remember we were watching because they finished 17th in that one. And then we were like watching a couple other matches and we're like, okay, we need Germany to win this. Uh, and then we're good. And then Germany won. We're like, whew. Okay, that was Hamburg, sweet. right? <laughs> yeah. In Hamburg. Yeah. Hamburg. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then Vanuatu uh, were playing in that and still had a chance. They, they needed to get a fourth in China to get, um, a bad result and they actually beat uh, Duda and Agatha and then they matched up against Larissa the next match to go to fifth. Oh. It was just like brutal draw and they oh, lost that one. But yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Dude, how it's so crazy. Like I, I kind of forgot what it was like, but this time going all the way back and, and just experiencing the last like two events of Olympic qualification and Sochi and Ostrava this time it was crazy yeah. walking around the venue like seeing matches and you're like oh my god like these people are playing for their lives right now yeah or that team just lost their whatever you know it was it's it's pretty wild uh just to be around uh during those times and you're like sitting in the lunchroom and people are watching their yeah you know a match <laughs> that like can decide their Olympic bid they just start celebrating yeah. we're yeah. talking about that with Taylor uh last week on the podcast where he yeah. they were watching they were eating lunch um when you you guys it's like yeah yeah and they were like you know celebrating in the lunchroom <laughs> and italy did the same thing while while i was uh, uh adrian and them while i was over there and yeah it's it's a crazy experience like we need fivb needs to have some cameras behind the scenes during those events next time around yeah well i actually remember uh that one so when we were playing the dutch and Taylor actually came over and was standing next to me for a little bit. And at that point, before he came over, we were losing. And he came over and started watching. We started coming back and winning. And then he walked away. I was like, I'm like, dude, no, come back. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> come back here. Do not come uh, back over here. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> this energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. And it's so funny, too, like, when you're actually, like, friends with, with – I mean, you're pretty much friendly with everyone on tour, you know? Um, but so in those yeah. moments, just cheering so hard against them, and they're, oh, yeah. and they're so cheering against you, and it's it's just a it's weird, unique situation. Yeah, and, and you're like from the same country, which makes it even like harder. Right. Like such a crazy, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And how does it feel now that now that you're going with uh, the U.S.? You went with Canada, yeah. now you're going with the U.S. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this the other day. and uh, I mean, I don't know if this is going to come across bad, but 
I, I don't really think about it as like country. I guess I think about it as like these guys. This is who mm-hmm. I'm with. This, this is who we, you know, what I'm trying to do something amazing with this team and help them um, do something amazing. Yeah, and obviously, you know, yeah, I want us to do awesome because I'm part of that group. But that's what I see first is Phil and Nick. Right. right. Um, how did uh, um, how did you start working with Phil and Nick? So you kind of had like a roundabout journey to get with Ben and Kame. You know, yeah. Germany was like, all right, let's take you for a tournament. And <laughs> Ben and Kame kind of poached you up. I'm curious, how yeah. how did that journey start with Phil and Nick? Yeah. Um, so we finished the Olympics in 2016. And uh, yeah, we were starting 2017. And I think it might have been maybe in like February 2017. And uh, we'd actually done a few trainings with Phil and Nick because uh, – we were kind of training mostly in Manhattan at that stage. And yeah, I was doing, I was doing actually, I remember I was out in San Francisco doing like a camp out there and Nick calls me up and I thought he wanted to talk about setting up a training time or something. And then he was just like, Hey, like, you know, we're kind of thinking about getting a new coach and we think, you know, you'd be awesome. And you know, like, what, what do you think about this? And I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Like I was like, I need some time to think about this. Um, pretty much didn't sleep for those next couple of nights i mean it was it was it was a really hard decision like obviously you got phil and nick phil who'll go down as one of the greatest players ever um and awesome team and then but then i got ben and came who you know when i first started with them i think they were around 24th in the world and at this stage they were eighth in the world and doing awesome and two really good friends as well it was it was a really tough decision to, yeah, to, right. to make that call, but yeah, I was like, you probably never going to get an opportunity like this again to coach on. Yeah, one already won a gold medal. Right. Go down, it's like, I mean, kind of I guess equivalent of maybe Michael Jordan, you know, asking you to coach. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, had to say yes. But I remember when I talked to them, I was like. I mean, if I if I do this, like we're going, we're aiming for the next Olympics, right? Yeah, they're right. Like, they're like, yeah. I mean, if our bodies are good, we're going for it. I don't <laughs> think any three of us thought it was going to be another five years <laughs> until that point. <laughs> yeah, looking <laughs> <Back in> COVID. <laughs> Dude, totally. I'm curious. Like, I actually been thinking about it myself. Like, and and you can just tell us to whatever extent you want. Obviously, you guys have your own team dynamics, but like what's kind of the mindset going into this Olympics now that it's what Nick's or sorry, Phil's fourth and Nick's second. Uh, what's kind of the, I mean, obviously the goal, the goal is gold, but I have a, I have a feeling in my head at least that like the approach has changed, you know, for a guy like Phil each Olympics and this one, I don't know, might be a little different, but like what, what's kind of the general approach in terms of or in, at least for what you can tell us yeah um i mean yeah 100 percent. like eyes are on the gold medal that's mm-hmm. all we want and and i think we can definitely do it if we put everything together it's going to be super hard and it's almost like the qualification process you need some luck to go your way as well right um but i think like we we've talked a lot about um how do we want to feel after this olympics like whatever happens so mm-hmm having that kind of good feeling at the end of like, okay, we, we did everything we could. We enjoyed the moment of putting everything out there. 
so it doesn't to try and uh, I guess make sure it's not like a bitter kind of finish. Um, right. And and uh, obviously Phil's mindset is this is this is it. This is the last one, you know. And Nick, uh, I'm not totally sure. I think he still wants to play more. Um, mm. Phil, Phil will probably play some AVPs, but I doubt if he's going to go back on the world tour. So I think that's like a big mindset of kind of like kind of like the last dance. I guess this is a this is a right. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. you should have a film crew following you. <laughs> probably should. It would be. Be pretty interesting. We'd have to be pretty careful. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> media too, so they'd love it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when when you're hired to coach Phil Dahlhauser, like you said, you know, it's like Michael Jordan calling you to coach him. Um, yeah. No offense, but obviously you're you're not a six ten blocker. Yeah. You know, how do you approach helping Phil make improvements and Nick make improvements on on whatever? Because um, how do you tell one of the best players who's ever lived how yeah. to improve his game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, this is the same thing I told them and I, I told every team I've kind of worked with is like, Hey, I'm going to tell you what I think and how I see it. Um, but I want to hear what you think and how you see it. And then as a group, we kind of worked out what, what is best. And, and I always try to look at uh, whoever I coach um, private lessons, whatever, like, well, what's the best style for that person on how to play? Because obviously, yeah, I can't, I'm not going to teach Phil how to play how I used to play, you know, and I'm not going to teach someone that's like me to play like Phil. That's just, you know, crazy. So, um, yeah, and it, I mean, that obviously, they wouldn't be where they are if they weren't super smart players already. So, I mean, it, it's been an awesome process, like going through those conversations with both of them and kind of going into the, how they see it and then how I see it and, and finding like ways to do it and and i feel like every year we've kind of been working on little things and and changing uh stuff with the game like i think with phil's blocking he's got so much better at uh, kind of controlling his body and letting his hands do a lot of work out to the side um where i think like traditionally before he was a lot more up and down and yeah i think like yeah heaps of little things with like creating space or that on two and passing styles and some swinging stuff with nick um, it's just been pretty cool to like see how they see it and, and always kind of finding new ways like it's cool to know that they want to get better they always want to get better and they always want to see the new ways to get better they're not, they're not just like well I'm pretty good I'm just going to stay where I am yeah. and I think that's what makes great players like you can't be great if you're not constantly looking at that kind of stuff yeah, yeah as, as a competitor I feel like and I see this stuff I hear it you know because I'm good friends with you guys too but as a competitor, I hear like little stuff and I, like, damn, like Phil's like doing all this meditating and like, like he really wants it and he's humbling himself and like continuing to learn. And I hear that. I'm like, damn it. Like, I know that leads <laughs> to success. <laughs> like yeah. this guy still wants it. They still have the energy to do it. And and I admire it for sure and, and respect those guys a lot. Um, but I also, as a competitor, like, damn, I got my hands full because these guys like they're, they're not easing up at all same yeah. as jake too yeah. and that's the re obviously the reason you guys are in the position you're in today yeah, yeah. how did you guys handle because like you said when you got hired and was it 2016 or 2017 that nick kind of gave you a call and yeah beginning of uh 2017 okay so you're brought on and you're like we're going for the olympics 
no one expected it to be a five-year process. And yeah. the time the time wasn't on Phil and Nick's side in, in this case because they're <laughs> a little bit a little bit older, but obviously both of them uh, still very healthy. And Nick looks like he's like 32 still. Um, yeah. How did you guys handle uh, the pandemic? I mean, and, and as a coach, you know, how do you keep them mentally and physically dialed in? Because, I mean, that's yeah. tough with so much uncertainty around that situation. Yeah. Um, it, it was interesting. It, I mean, there was a, we tried to take the positives out of it. Like, I think the big positives for us is, like, uh, right before, like, the tournaments got shut down, we had a couple of, like, niggly injuries. Um, so it was kind of nice that we knew we could, like, get that time to recover, get them kind of sorted. Um, I think, like, for both of them, I mean, they've been playing on the tour for so long like constantly like kind of travel being away from your family is super hard so i think it was like really nice for both of them to spend that time at home with their family almost have that summer at home with the family which was mm. pretty awesome for them um but then it was obviously a super mental battle because yeah we i think we had only played 11 tournaments at that stage and you needed at least 12 yeah and so we were like uh are we even going to get the opportunity to get this 12th one in are they going to change the rules for the qualifying mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of like when are, you know when are we going to hear this and so we had to we had to talk a lot about uh being like patient and just hey let's get our bodies right take this time i mean all this stuff is out of our control there's nothing we can do about it so try not to dwell on it and then when an opportunity comes let's just make sure we're ready and, that, and that's kind of the way we kind of like approached it yeah mm. You guys, you came out hot and you played really well in Doha. Didn't make it easy on yourselves in Doha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that three games in one day, that was brutal. Yeah. In that sand and heat too, not easy. Yeah. Was it I'm hot uh, Was it hot in Doha? Yeah, it was hot, hot and windy uh, and deep sand. So really same is sand. similar to Cancun. Yeah. Kind of. Was, was the sand pretty deep in Cancun? Um, it wasn't. No, it wasn't that deep. Yeah, but yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. Medium. Okay. It was, pro- it. It was li- probably less windy than Cancun, though. I feel like Cancun was insane, huh? It was insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's right. I forgot you weren't there. Yeah. That was huh. tough. That was, uh, um, yeah, because I, with FSU, uh, had to be helping them through their spring. Mm. And I was kind of told that if I went, I was going to have to do like a 10 to 14 day quarantine. Ah. Um, and then I find out I see uh, Jose down there in Mexico, and then boom, he's back coaching. I'm like, "How did you pull that off?" He's like, My, "The uh, U, uh, UCLA was all good with it." I'm like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, what do you have any um, plans um, beyond this Olympics? Because you mentioned you're with FSU. You're, you moved your whole family out to Florida. Yeah. Uh, Phil, I, you said he was probably retiring from the world tour. Uh, is there any like set plans moving forward? Um, um, no, no set plans. Kind of looking at some things, some options on what, what we can do. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What do, uh, what's crazy, you, you've been close to representing four different countries at the Olympics. I almost had it. New Zealand as a player, Vanuatu yeah. as a coach, Canada as a coach, US as a coach. Where yeah. are you going next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who else wants to make it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. 
Derek yeah, we'll Olsen's kind of following in your footsteps. He just qualified for the Olympics with Morocco. They won their oh, Cup. Cup. Yeah. Really? Did I didn't know that. Today. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's the new Jason Lockett. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what, uh, what are the next three, three-ish weeks uh, before the Olympics? Uh, what are they yeah. for you guys? You got the training camp uh, with the Polish boys and uh, Ahmed and Tariq. Yeah, so we got that one more week uh, here in Orlando. And then uh, we were going to play Gustard, kind of tossed and turned about that a bunch and then decided we're not going to play it just for that extra travel on the guy's body. Better to just keep them as sharp as possible. And then we're going to, so we're going to do a training camp in Tallahassee. Um, and then cause since uh, me and Nick have actually been in Orlando this whole time, so it'll be nice for us to get a week back home. So yeah. Phil's going to come out. And then uh, we'll do one week in L.A., and then hit the road to Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, nice. When is that week in LA? So we come out, um, I think the guys are leaving on the 9th, 9th of July, and I'm leaving on the 10th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be just getting back from start on the 10th, I think. Yeah. Nice. So I'll, I'll, I might see you a little bit before you go. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What's the like, arrival process for Tokyo? I'm sure it's probably pretty wild. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be so different than Rio. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, what they kind of told us is we're going to be obviously landing and getting tested and all that. And they said prepare for four-hour wait times to kind of go through that whole process okay. before they kind of process you through it and then get you to the village. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be gnarly. And then once you're there, you're pretty much locked in your room. I think there's like a couple of buildings you have assigned to go to. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be different. <laughs> Has there been a, have you guys had discussions? I know you, I'm pretty sure you guys do uh, work with um, like sports psychologists too. Um, like in terms of just approaching it mentally, knowing that this Olympics is so much different than what all of you guys are used to. Yeah. Um, no, we haven't actually. Uh, I know the guys talk to a sports psychologist. I'm mm. not sure if they've uh, come up with a plan for that. So oh, got it. Oh, so you're not in that meeting. There's, yeah, I'm not in the meeting. It's probably a got good it. idea to uh, come up with something. Now. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is uh, both those guys are kind of, you know, pretty chill and don't mind hanging out uh, by themselves or, in a, you know, in a room too much. Yeah. Where I think like someone else, uh, you know, like uh, I remember yeah. on the – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Kirk, who i used to play with he was very much that kind of needed to go do stuff you know where i could chill in the hotel room most of yeah. the day pretty easy so i think uh i think they'll be able to handle a little bit better but i know that next uh we're saying he's a little gutted not to be able to go check out tokyo and do that kind of stuff right be pretty cool yeah 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 it's gonna be good we appreciate you taking so much time to chat yeah you're you're busy being uh Olympic coach taking the daughter out to Disney. So we appreciate the time, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It's yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, congrats yeah. on qualifying. And uh, if we don't see you when you guys come out to LA, then uh, good luck in Tokyo. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, go, go win the goal for all of us. Yeah, we'll do. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Later. 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 Later.